We're going backwards, damn it. Let's go. What's happening, everybody? This is the Philly Experience Podcast alongside Chris Sacker, Tana Martin, Tyre Hood. I'm your host, Max James. It's great to be with you on this August 1st. Obviously, every Thursday here in the booth, guys, Phillies. Ridiculous. Makes a couple moves at the trade deadlines. Come and gone now. We acquired Jason Vargas from the New York Mets and Corey Dickerson from the Pittsburgh Pirates. Obviously, they're not eye-popping moves, but better than getting nobody, right? I mean, at the deadline. Uh, also, sure. another note, David Robertson is done for the season. He may need some Tommy John surgery. Uh, Drew oh, Smiley. No. Drew Smiley, on the other hand, he's been a bright spot for us. So hopefully he can uh, kind of continue his, uh, you know, his positive ways on this ball club. Him and Aaron Ola, hopefully at the top of the rotation. Uh, so we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Eagles training camp's in full swing. Hall of Fame game is tonight. Finally, some football. And Ooh, yeah. the Eagles preseason week one coming up next week. And we'll also touch on some Sixers as well. So we'll get started today with the Phils. Obviously, uh, you know, a, blip, a bit of a, you know, bunch up in that wild card lately uh, with, with different teams, the Cubs, Cardinals, Phillies, Brewers. I mean, the list goes on and on. Uh, we're 56 and 51 right now, half a game out of the wild card spot. So, what do you guys make of the moves? Do you like the acquisitions of Vargas and Dickerson? I definitely like Corey Dickerson. Uh, by the way, hi, I'm back. Um, <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Dickerson isn't necessarily a heavy bat, but I'll tell you this with a 315 batting average, that could be, you know, just to put a veteran guy in the leadoff spot instead of just relying on Scott Kingery. Scott Kingery has been playing great this year. Uh, it's certainly a guy who can get on base. Uh, only four home runs, 25 RBIs this year. But, hey, the batting average is there, so I like that. Jason Vargas, uh, I mean, it's a guy with a lot of experience. Yeah, but like I, like I said in the group text, he basically got the same guy that we got he's not, already. Yeah, he's, a, he's not necessarily a guy that makes you go, wow. No, nah, not really. But, I mean, I think I'd rather see him on the mound than Vince Velasquez. Yeah, I agree with you. I like the moves. I think Vargas, uh, he's been better as of late. He, his splits between City Field at home and away are are a little bit different. I mean, he's a lot better of a pitcher at City Field than he was away. But last time we saw him a couple weeks ago, he went six and a third, struck out ten batters against us, and that was at Citizens Bank Park. So I can't complain just based on the fact that the pitching staff that we had in place with Eflin and Pavetta even you know before him, um, it's it's been really, really bad, and we all know that. So um, hopefully Vargas could give us something in the back end of the rotation. I know Pavetta moved to the bullpen, and I know Eflin did as well. Mm-hmm. So Velasquez, listen, speaking of last night, Sardi, he pitched pretty well. He went five innings. He gave up on the one bad pitch. You know, he gave up the, the two-run home run um, to, I believe that was, well, what was that, Buster Posey or? Po- mm-hmm. Posey hit the two-run po- Okay, so That's Posey. Yeah. So... Um, he didn't pitch poorly, and you know it's kind of what you expect out of him now. You know the five innings; he, he's going to have a high pitch count. He's not going to go deep into games, but as a number five starter, he did his job last night, and we just didn't hit for him. So, um, if if Drew Smiley can can stay hot the way he's pitching, I'm not, he's not going to go out there and throw seven shutout innings every start. We're not expecting that from him, especially because we just picked him up from the minor leagues last week. Mm-hmm. So, uh, hopefully, he can continue to, to progress and you know get better and keep pitching well for us. And then hopefully Vargas, you know, it's all hope these days with him. You know, he, he's kind of an older vet, savvy. He doesn't throw 96, 97. He'll get you uh, with that slow, slow, pe- excuse me, slow speed pitches, you know, 88, 89 miles an hour. 
um, and rely on his movement. So I can't complain. The one thing, Christian did bring up a good point about the Corey Dickerson. I like the, the leadoff spot um, factor with him. He has Agreed. been in a leadoff spot, well, I guess recently, the majority of his career, especially in Pittsburgh. So Scott Kingery was there for a little bit. We tried him out. He was good in the beginning, and then he started to struggle. And then Cesar, who I've never been a real big fan of on the team in general, <laughs> but he's he's kind of had to get plugged back in there by Gabe Kapler last night. So hopefully he can give us some stability and also break up the righty-lefty. You know, you can go Dickerson, lefty, Segura right. two, righty, and then Harper three, Hoskins four. Hopefully Bruce gets healthy. You can plug him at number five and then have JT Romuto hit six. So it really does lengthen your lineup a lot and have Cesar and Franco down towards the bottom of the lineup. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. It's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting couple of months here to the end. I think his batting average is what over three hundred now. So yeah, that'll be an excellent option for the leadoff spot. And then, like you said, it kind of it kind of balances everything out. Um, you we weren't going to replace Andrew McCutcheon. It, it just wasn't going to happen. But we at least now have somebody in the batting lineup to at least hold the position down until McCutcheon comes back next year. I think that's really what you want. And I, you know what? And I kind of had to process that trade a little bit. I'm like, okay, they got another fielder. Okay. But now I, I, then I thought about it and I thought about how he could contribute to the team. And I said to myself, I said, okay, okay, I can see how, I can see how this guy is going to contribute to the team. I can see how he's going to help us out, especially in the batting line. But then, like I said, I know he's not Andrew McCutcheon, but you know, it, it is Andrew what it is. McClutchin. Yes. Thank you, Tanner. So, uh, <laughs> but. But yeah, I, I like I like that move. But in terms of uh, the pitcher, Jason Vargas, and it, you just got another guy that we already have. <laughs> who who would you compare Vargas to in our uh, rotation that we man. have right now? Ah uh, man, I won't say Nick Pavetta because he can at least go farther than him. I think you guys are going to be surprised. My point is, I think you guys are going to be surprised at Vargas. I think he's going to be better than what we expect. I, I, along with probably a few other people, expected the Phillies to make maybe a bigger splash. During the trade deadline, Trevor because in the Bauer. beginning in the <coughs> beginning of the year we heard the Phillies were going to spend stupid money and all this, but then the deadline came and there weren't really that many moves made to really help out what we needed to be helped out. And um, maybe that money went towards extending the contracts of you know who. And um, <laughs> so yeah, I just wasn't really that impressed with the moves made. Yeah, I don't know. It feels to me like we we spent all the money on Bryce, and I guess the front office decided that they didn't want to spend, you know, any more than they had to on a guy that would, I guess, put him over the top. But I don't want to. I say that you know, you know, questionable, questionably, because the fact that if we go out and get like a stud pitcher, like a Granky or somebody, does that really put us over the top? Does it really give us that next step as far as being? A, I don't want to say a World Series contender, but you know, a solid playoff team. Mm. That's that's tough to say, just especially because of all the moves the Atlanta Braves made. Uh, the division well, is out of like they out of the question. So many, There's they made no so chance. many more moves the Braves did. Yeah, adding Shane Green, that dude, what the hell? Yeah, yeah he's a good uh, closer. If any, uh, like you said weeks ago, Max. At this point, it's the wild card. That's all that we have to worry about. I'm gonna pull up the wild card standings real quick, right. but yeah. Th- Really, I, I'm, I'm not seeing this team make the playoffs, right. honestly, if I'm being realistic. Something that I didn't really like hearing was, I think it was McPhail that said, if we make the playoffs, we make the playoffs. If we don't, we don't. And that's not really something that <laughs> I think us 
as a fan base would stand behind. What? No. It's so no. careless to say and we, after this team did what they did in the off season and just to say if we don't make the playoffs, we don't make the playoffs. That's I would only reason. expect a response like that if we were the 2015 Phillies and we had a hot start. Mm. Uh, right. But no, this is different. We signed Bryce Harper. Right. And we were expecting huge steps to be taken. And la- like la- even last season, I-, I never I didn't believe in the Braves at all last season. I thought it was all fake, but now I'm a believer in how good they are. And you're seeing them win games and win almost every series they're in. And you're going to say, eh, if we make the in Philadelphia, yeah, you're going I think to it was say, Phil that said that, yeah. you're going to say, ah, if we make the playoffs, we make the playoffs. If we don't, we don't. Hey, there's next year. That that's not what we want to hear. Right. That especially, is not a winning mentality. Yeah, yeah, especially after this off season. But how? But how can you not say that with the inconsistencies that we've been talking about week in and week out on this program? I mean, week in and week out, we complain about, hey, they won this game. We, we they won this series, but then we have games like last night where they only score one run and we lost five one. And it's like, mm, okay, like you can't really get a good gauge for this team. And I'm sorry, the inconsistent, the inconsistency isn't going to work in the playoffs. So I agree with McPhail. If they make the playoffs, what did he do? They made the playoffs. But if they don't, oh well, they didn't make the playoffs. It is what it is. So, man, look. It it is what it is. That, that that's a that's another thing. Do, is it just me or every game the night before we do a show? Do they just lose? Is that or is it just me? Like what the hell? No, I think they like just seeing us angry. I think that's the deal. Anyways, I pulled up the standings just because I wanted to get a feel for the wild card standings. Because I'll be honest, I haven't checked out in a while. Yeah, the Phillies are half game out with with the Brewers, mm. but we have a couple games in hand on the Brewers. And right now, St. Louis and Washington are. Ho- both t- or no, St. Louis is a half game ahead of Washington. We are, yeah, we're we're a half game behind Washington, and Chicago is a game and a half ahead of us. So we are right there, and maybe these new additions we've made to this team. I, I really like what I see out of Drew Smiley. Maybe it could be enough to push us, but with Arietta and his inconsistencies, who's starting today, and. You know, whoever else they put out there, because the it really has just been Nola and Eflin started out hot, but he, I mean, like like you said, he's now in the bullpen. I'm, I just don't have a good feeling about the speaking of Nola, the rest what, of this what, year. What in the world, man? Like we were complaining about him and we were really worried about him at the beginning of the season. Now all of a sudden he's getting hot again. Like I don't understand why in the beginning of, in beginning to mid season, like he he's like that, where it's inconsistent play. But then around this time of the year, all of a sudden, he just starts to turn it on, and he figures it out. He likes the hot weather, I guess. Yeah, get used. Man, man, it's Philadelphia, man. We do hot and cold up here, man. Get used to it. Listen, you, ain't, you ain't in LA. Listen, in a perfect world, I think for us to make the playoffs, we're going to need Juice Smiley to continue pitching like a number two in a rotation, and we're also going to need Jason Vargas to pitch not like a four or five, but more like a three, you know, in order to stay in the race, because that would give us three pitchers that are pretty solid. And also, Jake Arrieta, he pitches, you know, efficiently, I, I guess, for five or six innings. And then have, hopefully, Eflin fix his problems in the bullpen and then piggyback, you know, Arietta with Eflin. And that'll give you your fourth start during the week. And then Velasquez, you're just going to have to use the bullpen in his starts because he just flat out doesn't go deep into ballgames. Mm. So in a perfect world, that's how the whole setup's going to be. I know you didn't, or I should say the Phillies didn't get what we all hope for and something uh, a bigger piece i guess right. 
But yeah, in a perfect world, that's how it's going to have to be. I would have liked to see him get another bench bat uh, in the infield because Franco playing every day, uh, I just don't think is the answer. And Sean Rodriguez is just a bench piece at best at this point in his career. So uh, also a reliever, I, I would have liked to see. Uh, I would have liked to see a relief pitcher, like a, like a closer, almost. Not not, not like a middle reliever, but a closer because we really don't have that back end piece the whole season. I know Hector Neris has tried to be that guy, but <sighs> we really don't have that you know lockdown closer that I wish we had. By the way, Neris starts his three game suspension today. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. We're okay. playing with one less uh, one less man on the roster, twenty four yeah. man roster. And also, yeah. we'll see how Corey Dickerson does. He's right now he's nursing a groin injury, so he won't be playing next game, but. Let's let's see how he does for the Phillies. Great. I think he's gonna. I think I think he's gonna be pretty good. I mean, he's batting three seventeen this season, and I think our if we're gonna have to if we're gonna make a deep run towards the towards the playoff spot, our our stars are gonna have to pick us up. You know. I got I got one more thing to say this season about the Phillies, and then I'm finished with them. Because at this <laughs> point, I'm t- no, I'm serious. Because I'm tired of the inconsistency. I'm tired of piping them up. I'm tired of playing the rocks. You know, boots. to you know what? I'm 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 tired of it. Listen, this is the last thing that I'm going to tell the Phillies right now. Pull your head out of your eyes. All right, that's okay. it. I'm, I'm done at this point. <laughs> All right? I'm tired of the inconsistencies. I'm tired of your hot one game, and then the next minute, you don't hardly score or you don't score at all. I'm sick of it at this point. Listen, T, last time we started at 54 and 48, last week we were talking about that record, uh, was 1980 and 2008. What what do we do in those two seasons? We we won this World Series. Exactly. So it's it's not done yet, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, well, the fat lady is humming. I'll tell you yeah, that. Right I'll tell now. you what. Right now, the Nationals. We were ahead of them for the last day or two after they lost yesterday. So we're right there. Like 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 you said, we're right there. And and I'm not panicking. I'm not you know stressing out because I do think we got a shot. Because none of these other teams are really taking the range. You know, the Cubs are still playing mediocre ball. The Cardinals have been hot, but. They've been inconsistent earlier on in the season. And the Brewers, they, I don't even know what's going on. with. They don't really have any pitching. So it's right there for the taking. We just got to really you know, lock in and focus. We got the Giants today. We, we really need to take two out of three from this team. And then the White Sox, who are pretty poor too. So we really got to take advantage of these games coming up. So let me ask you guys this. I mean, it might be a little early, but do yep. you guys have any World Series predictions? Because I, I have a. You got to say my, Astros after yesterday. In my, in my, yeah, in my eyes, it's the Astros. Mm-hmm. You have like, to with Granky, dude. Yeah. With Verlander and Granky, like what the hell? With man? Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole too. I didn't realize he was the second fastest pitcher of all time to reach 200 stri- strikeouts yeah. behind Randy Johnson. That's crazy. I guess in the National League, the Braves, if they if these bullpen pieces pitch well for them, they, it could be them or the Dodgers because the Dodgers didn't do much yesterday at the trade deadline. God, I'll throw up. <laughs> That that would be what three four years in a row the Dodgers go to the World Series. Uh, well, that, yeah, if they go again, it would be three years it's in a row. Ridiculous. Yep. So I, it might be a rematch from two years ago mm-hmm. of Dodgers Astros, and I just hope the Astros take it again. I, I thought that. God, let's talk about this Granky trade because uh, the Astros got Granky, and then they gave up Corbin Martin, JB, and Josh Rojas, and Seth Beer. So that was. That that's pretty big trade, and they got money. The Astros got money too, but I mean, yeah, you're right. The Astros to the World Series, that's pretty likely. Uh, well, the Yankees didn't do the Yankees didn't do much yesterday. I was surprised because no. they were probably my pick to win the World Series. I know they had some injuries with you know Stanton being out and Judge was hurt for a little bit, 
Um, Severino, their pitching has just been awful in the second half since the All-Star break. They have an ERA as a combined staff of 7.96. Yikes. Jeez, I, didn't, so I didn't know that. That's, that's the worst in the major leagues. So Man, that's now ludicrous. you got you got to say the Astros definitely, but I did think the Yankees had a shot, and they still might meet them in the uh, in the championship series, you know. So uh, it's going to be fun, and I think if if you're missing an Astros game right now, you shouldn't be because they're, they're scoring a ton of runs and they're fun to watch. Every every time they go out, they got a starter that's an ace, and they got a lineup that can put up twelve runs a game. Three teams that I think we're definitely sleeping on that maybe have the ability to beat the Astros and even win the World Series are Minnesota, who have been really pretty good all year. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay, and if they can get into a wild card spot, Oakland. Mm-hmm. Oakland's been uh, under the radar this year. Oh, yeah, very much so. They're they're a half game outside the wild card right now. So, I mean, they're right there. They are, but but they've always been that small market team that, that never could get over the hump and, and make a deeper run into the playoffs. But... I just think right now, other than the Astros and the American League, it's kind of wide open because you look at the Red Sox now, and they didn't do much at the deadline yesterday either. They're two they kind of stayed put. They're two and a half games behind the wild card. So that they're all like like the uh, the National League wild card race. There's a lot of other teams, you know, vying for position in the uh, in the postseason. So the the end of this season is going to be fun to watch. I I wish there were a couple more moves in general yesterday at the trade deadline, and not just you know obviously Granky was a was a big one yeah. but especially for the phillies i wish we could have got somebody uh you know a bigger name i guess you could say mm-hmm. but I, I just wish there was more action in general that was the goal there, there's no more august 31st waiver trade deadline they eliminated that and there was only one trade deadline this year and i guess baseball's you know hope was that there would be more <laughs> trades more involvement more moves that were made in season kind of forcing the hand of the gms to make that room because after yesterday there's no more trades. You can't you can't improve your team. I, I will. Sorry, T. No, no, go ahead. Uh, the wild card race in the National League compared to the American League is a lot like it's a lot closer. In the American League, it's really just Oakland, Boston, and pretty far back are the Angels and Tech, uh, the te- uh, Rangers. So, but in the National League, it's the Phillies, the Brewers, the Giants. The Diamondbacks and the Mets—they're all right there. So who's who's in the AL wild card race? The Oakland A's, Oakland the, A's, and Boston. That's it. The Rays aren't I, there. Uh, or the Rays. The are? Rays are in a wild card spot right now. Oh, okay. As far as uh, teams outside the wild card okay. spot, the Angels are six games six games back, and then the Rangers are seven games back, and then that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. But as for the National League, mm-hmm. uh, the Phillies are half game behind. Brewers are half game. Giants are two games. Diamondbacks are three and a half, and Mets are four and a half. I mean, they're all right there. Wow. You know, uh, I guess, man, I, it's just the, the problem here is the Cubs and Cardinals are are giving us a little bit of trouble because they're bunched up together. Mm-hmm. You know, one's not going in one direction, the other is not going in the other direction. They're kind of staying put, which is kind of hurting us because yeah. what we really would want is one of those teams to take drop, off with the, uh, with the division yeah. to kind of eliminate them out of the picture and then have the other one drop off. So then we're really just fighting with the Nats and the Brewers, but they're they're two they're two really good teams and they're both kind of even um, from a talent perspective. So they're kind of in that same boat. And I just hope as the season goes on here in the second half that one goes one way and the other goes the other. Because if they stay jumped, you know, to, or I should say, you know, matched together right in that standing area, 
then it really hurts us because right now they're tied. They have identical records, I think. Something that's also very interesting that I find, uh, looking at the run differentials of all the teams, you know, the good teams are, like, the Cubs are plus 72, and the Nationals are plus 47. The Phillies mm-hmm. are minus 24. Sheesh. Arizona Diamondbacks, with a record of 54 and 55, are a plus 61. But they, they have that losing record. It's just crazy to me. Yeah, our run differential is like minus 20, right? Minus 24, yep. Minus 24. Yeah. So Miami Marlins are minus 101. You know what? I got a, I there got you a, go. I got a, wall, I got a wall prediction. Oh, let's hear it. In two weeks, we're going to have a moment of silence for the 2019 Philadelphia Phillies season. <laughs> that is my prediction at this point. The, the Detroit is so negative over there. <laughs> the Detroit Tigers are a minus 205. They have a wow. That's minus, almost unheard. That's almost unheard of. That is ridiculous. Oh my god! Wow. All right, let, let, let's go. To you. Let's jump into some football over there. I know you're chomping at the bit over there. Just talk some football. Go ahead. What do we got right. on some Eagles? All right, all right. Here's the latest update from training camp. Apparently, Carson Wentz is lighting it up. Um, he's really connecting with Deshaun Jackson, which is really encouraging to see. Um, Matt Collins. He had a another lower body injury, as we know. The last. Last year, he didn't play at all because of his groin. They kept saying that, you know, he was going to come out and play. He was eventually going to come out and play. He never did. And the groin injury ended up being more serious than originally thought. So, he has another lower groin, another lower body injury. They're not saying what it is, but they're not saying, they're saying that it's not related to the groin. So, that's, I guess you could say that's a, okay. I got J.J. Arcega Whiteside. So, at this point, Matt Collins has become a liability. Yeah, but does Arcega Whiteside really have the – because I feel like Matt Collins could be a good deep threat. He, does, he can. Would you he say Arcega Whiteside has the speed? I don't – I'm not going to say he has the speed. He's more or less built like an Alshon Jeffrey type yeah. of guy. So, it, it, don't get me wrong. I would miss Matt Collins. But, like, he's not helping himself with these injuries. And he's help, not helping himself not participating in training camp. Like, that's the only thing that's that's going on. Give the guy a break. Yeah, 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 whatever. Anyway, so, of course, left tackle. You know, they're, they're subbing in Andre Dillard, you know, giving Jason Peters a break every now and then. Um, they still have uh, Big V, Halapulavati Vitae, at right guard. Um, I haven't heard any negative things about that, so I'm going to take, take a wild guess and say that that's, that's actually working out. That's fine. And now to the center position. There is a competition at backup center. They are trying to see whether starting left guard Isaac Siomalu can back up Jason Kelsey or Stefan Wisniewski. Wisniewski's not really, not really cutting, not really cutting it right now. Mm-hmm. So right now they're working with Siomalu at that backup center position because, as we know, Kelsey is getting a little older. Those injuries are starting to catch up to him, and you don't know how long he's got. Was Siomalu a center before? Because I know uh, Wisniewski was. He was listed as a center when he came out of college. Was he? Okay. He was listed as a center. Um, the running back At the running back position, Jordan Howard is really opening up eyes. They're actually surprised at his ability to be able to pick up blockers in passing situations, which would open up the playbook for him and allow him to get more snaps because that's one of the most important things in this Doug Peterson offense is the running back's ability to be able to block for the quarterback. That is probably, they probably list that maybe 1A in priorities when in terms of running backs. Um, Miles Sanders is coming along. And now on to the defense. Oh, God, the defense. <laughs> I, say, I say that because, man, I just, okay, let, let, me, let me be positive. Be positive, T. Be positive. Be positive. All right. Defensive linemen, they've been really lighting it up. Um, they are really, really 
Really proud of Josh Sweat and Joe Osman and the way they've stepped up. As we've said on this show on a number of occasions, you know, we're worried about the backup defensive end and, you know, they like to heavily rotate the defensive line. How is that going to work out? Well, surprisingly, those two have stepped it up in camp. So that's good to hear. Linebacker is really good. Corners. Here's where things get interesting. And here's where I want to start discussing this because we kind of discussed it before pre-show. Right now, the slated starting corners as of this moment, should Ronald Darby not play and not be ready by week one, the starting corners would be Rasul Douglas and Avante Maddox and Sidney Jones. The reason why I say that is because Jalen Mills, of course, he's injured, but as we have all know, he hasn't been playing the way we want a corner to play, biting on double teams, things like that, and it hasn't changed. Well, now he's not playing in preseason. I mean, he's not playing during training camp. He's not practicing at all. And now there's rumors out there that he could possibly be cut. So what are you guys' thoughts about that? Just out of curiosity. Because I know some of you guys back up Jalen Mills, and I know some of you guys have some sort of respect for Jalen Mills. Look, I, I, I mean, I, I, look, it was over a year ago. But his, I, I, he earned my respect in the Super Bowl because he did. He covered Gronk phenomenally in that first half, at least. Mm. And then I, I just and remember then what happened in the second half. Well, they put, uh, I believe, Rodney McLeod on him, and mm. then Gronk got over 100 yards, I think. Mm. <laughs> they had that work out. But no, I mean, I know it's only one game, and it's probably it is definitely the biggest game Jalen Mills has ever played in his life. No doubt. He, he earned my respect in that game. He didn't help it last season. Nope. Not, Not at all. And, I mean, like you guys said last week when I wasn't here, I mean, just every double move, it, it, same thing. It, I mean, the definition of insanity is expect, yep. expecting uh, – I messed that up. <laughs> I remember <laughs> Sorry, more plays didn't. being upset with how Jalen was playing than more plays of me actually being impressed by the way he was playing. And he's not very consistent and – if the option came to trade him and somehow improve at that position, then go ahead. But you were saying they were going to cut him? They're going to cut him because he doesn't have any value. I mean, it's like we said. It, he plays off the ball. He plays 10 yards off the line of scrimmage, which is already a problem as is because nowadays with the game evolving and quarterbacks getting that ball out quickly on quick hitches, two, three-yard hitches, you play that far off the ball, you're already lost. That's that's five, seven yards right there from a right for a right receiver. Don't let him get past him. So he doesn't have the foot speed. He really doesn't have the hands. He doesn't have the cover skills. What I mean, I'm sorry. There has been no development over these past years that he's been here as an eagle. Well, I mean, listen, he was a seventh round pick. So from the from the start, you're not expecting much out of him, right? I mean, no. You're only expecting a lot out of him the last couple of seasons because we really didn't have any other talent to back him up, you know. We, or I should say, start ahead of him. So you were kind of hoping that he would come in there and, you know, produce on day one, right. which obviously he has his moments, or he has had his moments in an Eagles uniform. But I, I'm just more focused on on the offensive line right now. I just want a Carson to be protected. I know Brandon Brooks is working his way back from the Achilles tear, saying he looks good. Um, Competing on seven seven on sevens, uh, but but again, from the secondary standpoint, 
this is might be the first season in a while where I'm saying we, we might be barring injury, obviously, mm. decent back there because Maddox is good and Cindy Jones is looking like he's finally getting over his Achilles tear yep. from college. And, you know, we still got Jenkins back there and McLeod's yep. coming back. So, you know, we got guys back there. And McLeod is another is a name I should say that he, he's an iffy because of that big injury and he did take a major pay cut in the offseason. Mm-hmm. So we may not expect too much out of him this season, but you never know, man. You never know how these players balance back from their injuries. Agreed. T, there was something I wanted to bring up to you, and you guys too, uh, mm. obviously. But you're you're a film junkie, obviously. Yes. La- when I was listening to Lex last week's show, and Tan- Tanner mentioned that Mark Sanchez is one of the only two quarterbacks to ever beat Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, both is an outrage in a playoff run. Right. So that got me thinking. That made me. I wanted to go back. And watch that game. And I, you know, when I normally watch football, mm-hmm. I watch it like almost every other person. I just watch the snap. I watch the quarterback, see where he throws it. Right. But I really wanted to try to dissect and see how the New York Jets beat the New England Patriots. And then I also did the same thing with the Ravens in 2012. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's really no secret. You beat the Patriots with an effective pass rush. Yep. Sean Ellis. In that Jets game, yes. was a monster. Yes, he was. And they, for the most part, they were running a three-four scheme. Mm-hmm. And so Sean Ellis had two, sometimes even three guys on him, and Correct. he still—that's the job of the nose tackle—burned that those offensive linemen. And well, th- this was the thing I wanted to bring up. because the Giants beat the Patriots twice, Correct. with a, a dominant pass rush. I almost said the Eagles did too, but. That didn't quite happen. Yeah, yeah, we only got to him one good time. Now, the one good time was effective because that basically won the game. But one good time. <laughs> and the thing I wanted to bring up is the gentleman in question, Brandon Graham. Mm-hmm. I know that when the Eagles re-signed him, you were not exactly the happiest camper about it. No, no, no. I wasn't. I also know you wanted to retain Michael Bennett. Your opinion on that might change as well. Yeah. yeah. After, after what definitely. he said about coaching, but bring up bring up what he said because you're going to make me angry. Okay, hold, <laughs> just give me a second. But uh, if I if I could finish, look in that in that Jets game, I also know that I was studying and dissecting a Tom Brady from nine years ago. So mm. I know he's a lot better than 2010 Tom Brady. Correct. But the amount of pressure that Jets pass rush was putting on him, you should. I, I don't know if you remember the game that well, mm. but. He was throwing the ball all over the place, very inaccurate. Because and the I don't even remember who the commentating crew was, but they were talking about just that pressure getting to him. And I know you said you don't like pressures; you like sacks, Sex, correct? Which you're right. You actually put the quarterback on the ground, right? But if you can get into Tom Brady's head, if you and I mean I'm just saying Tom Brady just because he's the cream of the crop. Mm. He is the best quarterback in this league if you can get into his head have him worried have his head on a swivel and make him throw the ball inaccurately the, now i know now i also know brandon uh, graham has not in your opinion right well also the numbers kind of show it that he has not quite played up to that nope. contract five and a half sacks 2018 season now I, well first i want your opinion on the michael bennett thing do you have the you have I, a quote i have okay. um michael bennett on Bill Belichick, he said, "Nice to have a coach who sees you as a human being." This is him talking about. I am pissed off, Coach that, Belichick. Really, Coach Belichick, the the guy who gets rid of you if you do one play wrong, the guy who 
is basically known throughout the NFL as like this hard behind guy that shows no emotion. That guy treats you as a human being. Are you kidding me? Is there a team that has used more players and then gotten rid of them more than the Patriots? No. I man, I would love to just see how many different players have been around Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Like for Michael Bent to say something stupid like that, first off. All you hear about Doug Peterson is he's a player's coach. They love him. You know, they love his energy. You know, they love the fact that they can just go up to him and talk to him. I mean, come on now. And then you go out and you say stuff like that? Really? Seriously? I wish we still had Michael Bennett on this team. I do, too. You know, oh, I so do. You know what? We we wish we had Michael Bennett, but on WIP, um, BG was getting an interview, and he, and then he was asked if – the guys missed um, Bennett in the locker room, and he kind of laughed it off and said, "Oh yeah, he's a he's a funny guy," but um, but that also yeah that also speaks he, about what his yeah character so is. he kind of avoided the question of, as do they miss him, and no. apparently he wasn't he didn't really get along with everybody in the locker room, and he kind of caused a few problems. I don't know. That if, way. I don't know if you guys remember, but throughout the season, you would hear a little turmoil that was going on in the locker room. Um, pertaining Michael Bennett. Now, I tried to, you know, say it all. They're just trying to stir stuff up because, you know, you don't want to believe everything that you hear. You, it's That's why they call it a rumor. I mean, I feel like Michael Bennett's also, you know, a hot-headed guy. Like, wasn't there an incident a number of years ago when his brother won the Super Bowl and he just kind of ran over someone and just allegedly. basically... Okay, it was allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, and allegedly told, like... The security guard tried to stop him. Excuse me, sir. You can't come through Yeah, here. but here's the story. The security <laughs> guard was also a 70 or 80-something-year-old handicapped woman. Okay. <laughs> like, that's the, like, that's the inconsistency with that story. Okay. And this, that, isn't, I mean, this isn't new to hear from Bennett because when he left the Seahawks, he had some words to say about Pete Carroll as well. So maybe it's just the kind of guy he is. Maybe he's just sensitive. Listen, I always like Michael Bennett. For, on the field. On the, yeah, on the yes. field. Yes. I mean, if you guys remember, he was great. The, the last drive of that Saints game, not not us on offensive on offense, but mm-hmm. us on defense. He he got to breeze on a third down and, and sack them and forced Will Lutz to kick that field goal from far back, like fifty plus yards. Yep. And he missed it, and that gave us a shot to go right down the field. Mm-hmm. If we win that game, you got to. I know Foles, you know, he threw the pick, but if he goes down there and scores a touchdown drive, yeah, you remember the Foles touchdown drive, but you don't remember the, the Michael Bennett, you know, big play where you you know he. Sacked Breeze for like a big time loss, like seven, eight, nine yards. You know, so that's that's a big time play, and he was really good for us. I don't, I don't know. There really was no reason they gave for Bennett being traded. You know, they said, I guess contract wise, he wanted more money than we didn't want to pay him. Yeah, but honestly, he he was he good. Out. I mean, and listen, was, Fletcher Cox no left that game. If we don't, Michael Bennett was a big time player after Fletcher got hurt. Right. Yep. Remember, he hurt his calf. And, or, yeah, and also. <laughs> Now that we're on the topic of Fletcher Cox, he got foot surgery in the offseason, mm-hmm. and so the Eagles are expected to be more conservative with him. And who do you think steps up more? Um, from what I'm hearing um, and from one of the reps they are giving out, it looks like Tim Jernigan is also back from his back surgery. He's fully healed from his back surgery, and they said he's been stepping up in camp as well. And another <coughs> underrated guy at defensive tackle is the guy that we traded for uh, from the Colts, Hassan Redway. They said he's really stepped big guy, 6'4", 335-pound guy. 
you know, really, he's really known as a run. Who do we have at the D tackle position besides Cox and uh, I know we have Jackson there mm-hmm. now. Malik Jackson, Tim Jernigan, and Hassan Ridgeway. And, and I think that's a heck of a rotation that you have. Yeah, that's that's where our uh, you know bread and butter is the the, the the you know being able to rotate the guys out and mm-hmm. stay fresh throughout the game and more importantly throughout the season because. You start the same four guys on the defensive line for a whole game. And they're gonna that get wears tired. on you. They're gonna so. get tired. I just now you brought up how they how the Jets yeah confused Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you exactly what they did. They never ran the same thing twice with Brady. No. They messed Brady up. One thing that coaches always teach quarterbacks: don't look at the pressure. You look at the receivers. Tom Brady had no other choice but to look at the pressure because the pressure would look like it was coming from. The weak side, but in reality, it was coming from the strong side. Also, that def- their defensive backfield, the Jets, they had a heck of a defensive that, backfield. They had Darrell Revis and Antonio Cromartie those years, the, and they they stayed on top of Wes Welker and all those guys. Yes, they did. They, what did they do? They pressed them at the line of scrimmage. Oh, great! Oh, great! I'm triggered. I'm about to go on another rant. Oh, oh great! Let's hear I just, it. I just found something else about the defense that pisses me off. All right, look, I'm sorry. You have a six foot two guy in Rasul Douglas with long arms. All right, <laughs> Sidney Jones is six feet tall. Avante Maddox is at least five ten, five eleven. Oh my gosh! If I see them playing off of the line of scrimmage every single snap, I kid you not, I'm going to flip the lid. It is not necessary for you to play off the line of scrimmage every single play. Switch it up sometimes. Put your hand on people. Jim you got five yards. You can do whatever you want to the guy. Five stinking yards. Jim Schwartz, you know what to do. I'm just saying five. Stinking yards to do whatever you want to do to the receiver. Please. Question. Show some aggressiveness. Question for you guys. Now, I know this is more of a narrative thing, but it is a player-selected thing. Do you, the NFL Top 100, Fletcher Cox named 28. Do you really think there's 27 players that are better than Fletcher Cox? you got to understand he's a defensive tackle. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but still. They're, they're considering all positions. Yeah. And, I mean, it's hard not to put a lot of the quarterbacks ahead yeah. and running backs. I, mean, hey. I just got an update here. Miles Sanders got hurt in training camp today. He got Wonderful. hurt. Wonderful. And uh, they're like looking at his leg in the tent right now, but um, he just went down and he was down for a couple minutes. But they're looking at him. What in the is tent going right on now. back there? But again, I never been. A, I know he we went to Penn State, so you guys are big Penn State fans. I'm not a big Penn State fan, but so you guys watch a lot of Miles Sanders. But I just, I just never was a big fan. I, I, he was always injury prone coming out. I mean, he was always number two behind Saquon. So yeah, but then he, I mean, he you know. played well in his one season oh, yeah, or two, did. three, however yeah. many seasons he was there. I, I mean, was at that game as where he had his longest touchdown run. Did you? Yeah. So, oh, I mean, the, I mean, hey, Corey Clement, this just means let's see your rookie year again. Yeah. Because, man, Corey Clement in his rookie year was hey, so great. Don't forget about our rushing leader last season, Adams. <laughs> yes, Josh Adams. Josh Adams. I don't even know if he's still on the roster. No, no, he's still on the he's roster. He's still on the yeah. roster? He's still there. Is Wendell Smallwood still on the roster? Now, that's the guy who's on the bubble. Yeah, I mean we have eight running backs on this team right now. That's um, the guy who's about to get the boot. How many? How many good running backs do we have? Though? We have one. zero. Maybe, confirmed. Maybe. <laughs> zero. Jordan confirmed. Howard is a good running. Maybe. Jordan Howard yeah, is very. Right. Remember Darren Sproles? Right do we still got Darren Sproles? Let's not forget that you guys argued me down yeah, for the last two weeks. Max, I forgot we have Darren Sproles. There you oh, go. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I just hope Sanders can stay wow. healthy because that's kind of been his. <laughs> Listen, Miles Sanders has all the talent in the world, but I just want him to stay healthy, man, because if he stays healthy, we know we don't do a, a three-down workhorse back type of set. We have our rotations going on with every right. position. You know, we rotate different players in there. Sproles will get some playing time. Mm-hmm. Clement, 
there's other teams like you look at the Cowboys. It's Zeke, and they got nobody else. It's just Zeke right. all day long. Say the same thing with Saquon. But but the thing that gives us the edge is the rotations, and if we can uh, stay deep um, on our as far as depth on right. across, yeah. you know that's really and important. If we have for us. these cheap guys like Smallwood, who doesn't really cost that much, and we can keep him in the rotation and just keep the defense on edge. Yeah, but what what value does Smallwood bring to a field? Like I, I don't nothing. Yeah, I mean no, no de- value. No. I mean he's like a as body a, as a defensive yeah, player. Exactly, he's a body. But as a defensive player, if I see Jordan Howard coming onto the field, I'm like, oh crap! Now I got to work extra hard to bring this fool down. I see Smallwood. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> we could we could have a real two headed monster in Sanders and Howard because they both are good at what they do. Sanders is kind of the younger bruiser. Mm. I don't want to call him Legarrette Blunt because there really is only one Legarrette Blunt, yeah. but. Uh, and then Sanders is just that shifty, all-out athletic running back that can catch right. out of the backfield too. So, and right. then you have Clement and Sproles kind of do that third-down thing. Yeah. Man, right. we're, we're this can stay this, healthy, man. This stay can healthy. go back to the Ajayi and um, Legarrette Blunt kind of duo we had going on. Mm-hmm. Like it, this, so I'm Team not. Dreadlocks. I'm not worried about. <laughs> I'm not worried about Sorry. running back. I mean, we still we still got plenty of running backs, but Sanders, man, if he doesn't get himself together in terms of his injury history, eh. No, nope. this this might just be my naive football brain, but I would almost like Corey Clement more as a wide receiver, just because I feel like as a receiving back, I mean I don't know if he's better than Jordan Howard. I feel like he gets open better out of the backfield. Yeah, so like like yeah, like, putting him a receiver. Like, I mean, right. again, I'm just referring back to the Super Bowl. Right. Four receptions, but over a hundred yards. True. Well, most all those receptions came out of where Nick back. Nick Foles. <laughs> Just, well, I heard that. Uh, just, not that any of this matters. We're talking third string uh, quarterback play here. Right. But uh, Cody Kessler outplaying my boy Clayton Thorson. Yeah, Clayton Thorson. Clayton Thorson. Clayton Thorson has been stinking up the joint. I can't I, believe our backup state. quarterback is, is Nate, Nate Sudfeld. Sudfeld. And that's that's funny because yesterday um, Doug was talking about how much confidence he has in Sudfeld. And what do you guys feel about Sudfeld? I think we're 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 in trouble. Is all hell. <laughs> They're talking about that, red, that last Redskins game and how Sudfeld did pretty well, but I don't even think he threw the ball. I think he just ran the whole time. <laughs> the last time I feel like I saw him throw a ball was the second Dallas game, the Super Bowl year. Mm. No, it was the um, – didn't he come in? I know he came in for Nick Foles in one series. That, it, was that the was the red, the, it was the Texans. Oh. It was oh. the Texans that he came in because the Damian Clowney had uh, laid Nick Foles out, and he came in for one play. Couple, did he throw the ball? Plays. He did. I think it was a screen play. Okay. It was a screen play. That's almost a guaranteed completion. The guy guy that paid to throw the ball, did he throw it? He threw it sideways. What a lateral. (laughs) No one can throw a lateral like Nate Sudfeld. But no, if, if, uh, you know, knock on wood, something bad happens... um, yeah, I look. I would like to say Nate Sudfeld can go out there and push his way to a win, but let, I let just me don't tell see you it. What, when no one's going to be scared when a guy named Nate Sudfeld comes <laughs> up and has the ball in his hand. Yeah, I want to point out the injuries that are occurring in training camp right now. Tyreek Hill gets hurt yesterday. Andrew Luck mm-hmm. got hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a lot, of, a, a couple of oh, AJ Green, the other name. How did Andrew Luck get hurt? Yeah, Quarterbacks aren't hurt even allowed calf. to get touched. I think he hurt his calf. Uh, got a calf strain. See, that's why you got stretched. And AJ Green got hurt too. So kind of a couple big names getting down, getting hurt. I just think this whole preseason is a bunch of nonsense. Really, to be man. honest with you, so you I really to... want them to do something about it, man. Because four preseason games is just 
It's so much. But the preseason games are really just mainly for it's not for the starters, but it's for the guys who are trying to make the roster. Okay, that's what we have training camp for. <laughs> that's true, but you're going. You don't to, need four. You don't need. I four. agree with that, but you also don't. You also going up against guys that you know the playbook just as well as they do. Right. So it's different when you go up against somebody else who has a different scheme, a different playbook, a different way of running things. I get. I get the whole fact that they want to make money out of all this, but play two more regular season games and play two preseason games. Mm-hmm. Take the two. Take the two preseason games. Add them to the season. One more fan appeal. More football. Right. We all love football. More fan appeal. Just, this season a little bit. NFL is king. You don't need fan appeal. If you're playing two extra regular season games, that this was talked about um, between the NFL and the board and everything, that a quarterback would only be allowed to play six. Well, is it any player? games or is it just quarterback i think it was just quarterbacks so nate sudfeld would have to play anyway yeah let's be honest would you want nate sudfeld or would you want the guy chris called this it's nicholas goat <laughs> yes uh yes because the dude has a statue in philadelphia yeah. because he did a thing that no other eagles and quarterback one, did. apparently nick Foles is impressing for the jaguars right now mm-hmm. at training I would hope i'm so. not shocked <laughs> what do you guys think about leonard fournette this year do you think he's going to be able to stay healthy in that backfield I, I really do hope so because for real, for real, um, <laughs> if Nick Foles doesn't have the pieces around him to really contribute and to push that offense to, to its full max potential, eh. Is he a three-down workhorse back, though? I think he can be. He has the potential to be. But like I said, if everything's not working together for Nick Foles, it's going mean, to come I, crashing I think down. he gets even, traded midseason. Even <laughs> right right to the Eagles. Fournette, no, 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 Fournette geez. gets traded midseason. Oh, Leonard Fournette. Sorry. Uh, no. Um, what makes you say that? Even Yes. Yeah, I'm I saw some things a few days ago that he wasn't really agreeing with the Jaguars and everything that was going on. And I, I saw a mock trade. I forget which team it was. But, the, I mean, he's been in the talks about being traded. So. <laughs> I do, I do joke about, you know, Nick, I mean, I joke, but I'm also somewhat serious about Nick Foles being a great quarterback because he, <laughs> he look, he has his moments, but we've had this discussion before where he is a systems one's quarterback. One's name's Tom Brady. Yeah. He also is not a full-time, t- or Chris, he's not, he's not going to be able to play 16 games. No. You don't think so? Consistently. You, you, gotta, you gotta remember, he has a, the one, the one season that he was slated to be the starter that second year under Chip Kelly, he got hurt and never played for the rest of the season. And guess 20, who? Twenty-seven. That was back in two, two interceptions. No, no, no. That was the year after that. That was the year after. The year after that is that year that he was slated oh. to start. That year, Michael Vick started. That's right. That's you got to right. remember the Jacksonville offense is. I mean, they, they don't have much. They got no, Leonard Fournette. It's going to be a lot of hands and all. I know. That's that's why I was saying. Look, I I do feel like he is a systems quarterback because everywhere he has gone, other than Philadelphia. He has not been successful. If the system doesn't work. He's not going to be. It a might have stemmed from this ridiculous mock trade that I saw on Instagram. Oh, let's no, hear it. Was no, this I got Leonard here. Fournette and Marquise Lee for Melvin Gordon in a 2024th round pick because Melvin Gordon is holding out. Yeah, okay, but you trade you trade one problematic running back away and you add another, another problematic running back. Hey, you didn't you solve it. Sometimes, sometimes all you receivers. need is a change of scenery. Sometimes that's true, but Melvin Gordon wants money. That's the issue. Let's see, what's the latest on Melvin Gordon? Is he going to be on the field anytime soon? Um, from what I'm hearing, uh, ooh, him and Ezekiel Elliott. Oh is, my is Zeke in Mexico? Right now? Zeke is in Mexico right now. All right, the Cowboys are in disarray. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I sent you guys this. Jordan, I sent you guys this in the group text. Jerry Jones said, and I quote in an interview, yeah. he said, I don't need a rushing champion to win the Super Bowl. 
Here's the problem what? with that. Here's the problem with that comment. He is correct. He, there's nothing wrong with what he said. But here's the problem when it relates to his team. Ezekiel Elliott the is the offense. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes, they, they have is. Amari Cooper. He's a number one receiver, hey, he's at a least. Number one right? re- he's a number one receiver. Yeah. But here's the thing. As a defensive-minded person, if I don't have to worry about your running game and I can just tee off on your receivers, and also a, a wide receiver, a wide receiver is only there week one. He'll be there. A wide receiver is only as good as yeah. his quarterback. And I just without Zeke, like man, Dak is by himself. Then apparently, Zeke. apparently Zeke and the Cowboys are further apart in contract talks than Gordon and the Chargers are. Apparently, Zeke wants a lot of money, and the Cowboys are like, listen, we got to pay all these other guys. We don't, we don't, we'll pay you, but we're not going to give you the amount that you are asking for. Zeke is actually you under fire again that. for another situation where he they hit. I forget what happened. Ah, but yeah, I know what story you're talking that? about. They in order um, for him to play in the playoffs, they hit an incident where he got into a confrontation with somebody around playoff time. Right. So now they're so now the Cowboys are being investigated. And they were paid, and the Cowboys paid them off so he could be able to play. In the mm-hmm. See, and that's <laughs> the, uh, that's that's the Cowboys for you. But that's see. And that's another notch on Ezekiel Elliott. He has off-the-field issues. Albeit, one of the most talented running backs I have physically seen with my own eyes. <laughs> Come on, man. I know. Come on. I know. You, you can't deny that. I, but I just can't here's stand the problem. The His off-the-field antics is what's holding them back from really paying him. Because you, when you commit all that money... To one person, you expect that person. They to still got to pay Dak, man. They yeah, still got to pay Dak. I don't think his exactly. franchise quarterback. Honestly, exactly. the Cowboys have had never any problem signing a player that had off-field problems. No, it, I think it's it's really probably just the money. It it, it can't be the off-season situation, because but it's also a factor. All right, T. When, when do you expect to see Ezekiel Elliott on the field? Does he get there or in training do you camp? See Is he the Le'Veon Bell situation? I was just about to say that. And you know what? You know what's crazy how it kind of relates to fantasy. You know, guys are already starting their leagues and whatnot, getting ready. Because hey, I, I would draft, I would draft Zeke first. Really? That's what I would have done if he was playing. This if season. he was playing, yeah. see, last year, last year, but now, year, it's, now it's questionable. Yes, yeah, Saquon's got to be. Let the me first tell you something. Year. I drafted uh, Le'Veon Bell last year. Do you know oh, how? Mike. Do you know how? Irritated I was that he were didn't you play able to all. pick up James Conner? <laughs> oh my goodness! No, as soon as I looked up well, James Conner, dude, I, when I say I was irritated, dude, it pisses me off. Let me know Bella was on my hit list last year. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so who do you expect to be on the field first, Melvin Gordon or Ezekiel Elliott? I see Melvin Gordon Melvin being Gordon. on the field first. Yep. And do you think he's there? By preseason, do you think he ever shows up at training camp? Is he there week one? I think he'll eventually show up. Um, when would you say would be a good time frame? Mm, I say maybe around the third or fourth preseason game. I think that's when he'll show up. I don't think they're going to play him, but I think he is going to show up because he's still under that rookie deal. So, yeah. you know, he's still making money, but of course he wants right. more money. He wants to be played like, an, like the elite running back that he is. Don't have a problem with that. So, and I've always been an advocate of players getting their money, especially since you play in a violent sport, that you don't know whether or not the next play is going to be your last. Like we said last week, obviously the Chargers are more likely to sign Melvin Gordon before the Cowboys sign Zeke because of money. And who else are the Chargers paying? Right, exactly. And and on top of that, you also have to start preparing for the departure of Phillip Rivers. And you got to start building that offense. So you don't necessarily want to just, you know what I mean, Bringing a young quarterback with no pieces around him. Who do the Chargers have second string? Is that Geno Smith? 
I think I think Gino is either Gino or it's um it's Tyrod Gino. Taylor. It's one of the oh. two. I forget. It was either Geno Smith or Tyrod Taylor. I'm not exactly 100%. I think it's Geno. Mm. Well, regardless, neither of those guys are going to start for the Chargers. They will draft somebody before Rivers retires. Yeah, yeah Tyrod. Oh. <laughs> it is yeah, Tyrod. No, Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod? Yeah. yeah. Well, he's a capable quarterback, I guess. But he's a he's a different player as far as running the right. system right. than would, Rivers is. Right. You would kind of sort of have to change is the offense. Is Geno Smith around. on the Saints? Uh, I can look yeah. Rivers, Rivers is one of the most. Yes. I want is to see. No, 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 no. no Teddy That's Teddy Bridgewater. All right. Damn, Rivers is one of so the most underrated quarterbacks. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Here, That's I'll, Teddy. I'll answer your question. But just find Geno Smith for me. <laughs> I know Teddy Bridgewater is on the if, Saints. If he's still leaving. Seahawks. Ah, that's wow. where he's at. That's random. Wow. See, uh, that's, that's how bad you dropped off from a number one <laughs> round one draft pick. Uh, if I could, you know, just change the subject just a little bit. I know we're not expecting much of the Washington Redskins this year, but they are getting their running back they drafted last year, Darius Geis. Yeah, and they're also. Do you, do you expect anything big from him? Uh, not with their franchise left tackle asking for a trade. I think Adrian Peterson still plays a role in that backfield, too. I just think he's going to factor in, not going to get a, a great amount of touches. I mean, I think Geis will get the, the most work, but I think Peterson will still factor in. Right. I can't believe that big run he had last year, last season against the Eagles. Yeah, I was about to say. Still they, got uh, some yeah, of his tank. Yeah, Mark Sanchez was the quarterback. Like, who else did you think was getting a stinking ball? I'm just saying. <laughs> right. That hole was wide open. I'm just saying. All right, guys, Philly's lineup's out for today. It's the same one as last night. Cesar's back in the leadoff spot. Segura Hoskins is third again. Harper's in the cleanup spot. And then you have JT, Kingry, and then Hazley, Franco, and then Arietta pitching. Hmm. So if we can, looking at this, if we can slide Dickerson into the center field position and have Bruce come back and put him in left, that eliminates Hazley. Then you're really only looking at... Are you going to put Kingery at third and take Franco out, or are you going to put Kingery at second and take Hernandez out? Then that again, would be your only question. Adam Hazley has been stepping up as of late. I mean, I know you. I feel like you would be more comfortable with him playing AAA, getting consistent. Yes, at I don't bats. think he's. I think he's a season away still. All right. Plus, you got to look at McCutcheon. He's going to be back too. There's a crowded outfield next year. Mm-hmm. Andrew. McCullough. And can Hazley really play center field? I'm not so sure. I don't know about center field. I know Kingery can't play center field. I would. I want Kingery at second base because one, he he fundamentally in center field he's not the best. I mean he's capable, but he's not the best. And at third base he just doesn't have the arm strength to get the ball from third to first. He bounces it to Hoskins every play. His his position is second base, and that's why Cesar's just kind of hogging it up for him. I need Cesar out of there. I need Kingery to get plugged in. And I guess you can bring say I know he's Cesar's having a decent season, batting like two eighty. Mm-hmm. But Cesar definitely can't play third, so you might have to leave Franco in at third base and put her. Uh, excuse me, put Hernandez as maybe your bench bat. With uh, I really want to see Bruce play every day down the stretch because he's he's what you got. You know he's he's your best option there in left field mm-hmm. and have Dickerson play center because we need a true center fielder. Yeah, Dickerson can play center field still. Yeah, he can. So I would like to see that, and I would like to see him hit in the leadoff spot, and then. I, I get what Gabe's trying to do with Hoskins and Harper and like splitting the righties and lefties up, which I guess, I mean, with the Dickerson addition, does stretch the lineup. But again, it, it don't really matter to me. Uh, if, if if Harper's in the three spot, Hoskins in the four spot, either way, um, the guys are going to produce, and we just need them to because they're the stars of the team, and they need to produce if we want to make a playoff run. AKA, all the things Max is really saying is this. I want to see people rip their heart out of their f***ing chest. <laughs> yeah, it's Bryce, a, that's the goal. Bryce Harper hasn't hit 20 home runs yet. Are, like, I mean, I know the question's already been asked if you're concerned, but 
I mean, we were expecting better than this. I want Harper to go back to his natural stance like he had when he first came up with Washington. Like, his stance right now is so laid back. He's standing up straight. He's not. He has no bend in his knees. He really needs to go back to it where he, he had his MVP season. I would just go back and watch film from 2015. Look at your MVP season. What did you do well? How were you reading the ball out of the pitcher's hands? How, what was your stance? Like, you know, just kind of go back to what he did well to be that superstar player that he was. He hit 42 home runs yep. in 2015. I mean, come on. You don't just wake up and hit 42 home runs. you got to be preparing. You gotta, there's something he must have done, and I would just go back to it. Yeah. I don't know if it's the coaching, because coaching plays into it, too, going to a new stadium, a new uh, staff, the hitting coach, John Maley. I don't know. I don't know if he's the right guy for this team because, again, like you said, Chris, you mentioned earlier, the inconsistency on the offense. They Sometimes they have a lot of runs put up on the board. Other times they don't. So yeah, It's a little weird. I think Harper has to go back to his Nats days, pull up that old film from the Nats days, and, and just roll with it because he was a superstar. He was probably the best player in the league a couple of years ago before Trout really took off. But Trout, again, kind of took off from the beginning. So it goes it goes both ways. Yeah. Yeah. That's the Let's only touch thing. on some Sixers the last, yeah. what, what do we got? A couple minutes. Two minutes. Yeah. minutes. Um, so I'll just read off the depth chart we have for the Sixers at point guard Simmons, Burke, Neto, Milton, then shooting guard Richardson, Smith, Thibel, um, small forward. Harris, Ennis, Cork, Maz, Power Forward, Horford, Scott, Center, Embiid, O'Quinn, and Bolden. What are you guys most? What what position concerns you guys the most? Small forward, mm, yeah. after Tobias. Yeah, that right. backup small forward. Yeah, Ennis and Cork, Maz. Cork, Maz really. is oh, he, he he's he's turning into the uh, Aaron Altair of the <laughs> Sixers. Why did we resign him? He first of all, he's horrible. He he never just gonna he's not gonna play. There has to be some. I'd rather just snag like a J.R. Smith. Plug him into the shooting guard. At least that guy hits threes. I mean, Corkmoss really, what does he bring to the table? Right. And I, I mean, put him in the yeah. G League or whatever. I don't even care where he goes. But he, <laughs> You piece of Swiss cheese. We cut him for, for like two months. He was gone. And I was like, yes, all right, one less guy I got to worry about. And then we bring him back. Why? <laughs> and I got one more question to ask you guys about the Sixers. And after this season, do you guys think it was worth it to trade Dario and Covington to the Timberwolves for Butler? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, only because of the players that you got. If it wasn't for that Butler trade, you wouldn't have been more progressive in getting Tobias Harris and being to this point where you're at now. I think the GM plays into it, too. Getting Elton Brand in here, kind of making some aggressive moves. Yeah. So right. that, that played into it as well. And if you could have like kept one of the two players, Chris, I assume Dario. but I would have taken uh, Covington instead of Dario. Really? Yes. Defensive, like defensive, defensive play? Defensive. Gotcha. All right, hey. Quick hot, t- hot take that I wanted to make. First offensive play of the Eagles regular season. Deep ball, deep ball to Deshaun Jackson. Deep ball to Jason Jackson. How'd you know? Yeah. How'd you know? Yeah. All right, y'all. If you missed any of this podcast, hey, listen. You can go to philly-experience.pot.simplecast.com. Listen to all our shows on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube. Just visit the website, download, rate, subscribe to us. Hey, man, communicate with us. We're at Twitter. On Twitter, we are at the Philly EXP1. So talk to us back. All right. See you send, next week. Send him some questions. See you later. Somebody tell Roth that I don't love college. Because the real world's kind of like real world. And it's drama. So you are Svetlana. And I'm just a rhymer. Swimming in the water trying to dodge the piranha.